So, Kat, have you got the uh, OGR starter on your soundboard? <laughs> no. <laughs> Go, Pav. Do you have, all right, okay. Yeah. All right, in For five, time's sake. four, three, <laughs> two, one. G'day and welcome to Oceanic Gaming Radio. Thank you for joining us. How you doing? You look great. Good to have you here. Uh, it is the 22nd of the 1st, 2024, episode 84. Uh, my name is Captain Perth. You're listening to Oceanic Gaming Radio. Uh, and uh, alongside me, as always, Grizzly Gaming and a special guest returning because we can't keep him away. Hey, you watch the uh, now, listen we'll, numbers spike in this episode now, Pat. Well, they already have. They already have. <laughs> the, the live Twitter feed, uh, Twitch feed is going off. Um, I will preface this with Pav is here for a finite amount of time, so don't get too excited, but get mm-hmm. a little bit excited. <clears throat> so, you know. He's here to, um, here to talk guys, to us about one specific game, isn't he, Cap? Which will be soon exactly. revealed. Exactly. Uh, and if you know I'm still deep diving. <laughs> yeah, we're mid dive, <clears throat> mid dive. I think everyone is, um, but it's exciting. So um, I'm good to have you back here, mate. Because uh, I couldn't have thought, I couldn't have, couldn't have thought of anyone I'd rather speak about this more with. So I'm glad you could make time. Um, yeah, you probably if you if you know who Pav is and you know what he gets into, you probably know what this game is. But we'll reveal it shortly. Um, now, look, guys, how's how's things? What's been happening, Pav? I want to start with you because you know. Um, haven't seen you a little bit, so I just want to see how you're going. What's new? Well, uh, I can tell you, not much has changed because it's been a big one. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> been a big one. Had a brutally big uh, weekend. Uh, mm. Lots of fun stuff. Um, uh, caught up with caught up with the Grizzo on Friday night. Yep. Sorry, was, um, yeah. the flesh, didn't we, Pav? Yeah. Had a little cuddle. For the yep. first time in a, in a, in a little while. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's great. Uh, but that was, that was wonderful. Uh, it was a little Stream Perth uh, event. Y'all know Stream Perth. Uh, yeah, we uh, collabed with uh, Ground Zero. You'll know Ground Zero, one of our our very good friends uh, here on yeah, the podcast. Uh, yeah, we did a collaboration event with them at Elizabeth Key. That's a uh, like a city center area for Perth WA. And um, yeah, they they refitted a um, shipping container to put a bunch of video games in there. Play, we played a bunch of Mario Kart. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, solid, solid, solid night. Uh, and yeah, that was uh, started my weekend very, very big, and had a huge weekend after that. Just a bunch of Christmas parties, late Christmas parties. Played some D and D, some uh, started some planning for Pixel Expo twenty twenty four. Can we go back one step there, Pav? You played very some D and D. Please, I did <laughs> elaborate a little bit further, please. Right, I did. I did have a D and D. My one of my friends um, from the Pixel team actually uh, asked me if I'd love what be interested in doing a one shot with him and the crew uh, and, I was, and look i love D, but i haven't really played a proper session mm. since oh i, I can't even cannot even remember. since we did it with uh, uh yeah well, the Twitter. last time was probably there uh with uh we did it with the game on us um event was that was that when we did it no i can't remember dude but i remember that was with, online you, you were the only person dangerous? who died Pav. yeah it was with vegemite dangerous yeah that, yeah that was on the, that was on the game I when I was channel you died and it was I, oh, heartbreaking 
that was years years and years ago it was but yeah uh super fun super fun one shot uh i played a um uh oh it was a raven guy i forget forget what uh Nah, I, I can't remember what the race is called, but I played a bard as I always play a bard. Uh, oh, lots, yeah. of, lots of mischief and mayhem was uh, <laughs> happened in the campaign. The <laughs> uh, one shot. Um, yeah, so it was a great time. Uh, I'd love to do it again. And I think we I may we may do a um, a one shot on my stream in the in the next few months. Maybe Ooh. see see how it goes. We had a lot of fun, so we had a really good group doing it. So hopeful, hopefully that might be a cool cool thing. But yeah, that was it. Very, very full. I'm so tired. I burnt myself out, but uh, I managed to... It was fucking you. (laughs) Yeah, very true. But I managed to jump into a game that's recharged me a little bit, uh, but we won't go into that a little bit. Yeah. um, Pav, was it Arakokra or a Kenku? Kenku. I was a Kenku. Ah, the Kenku. Kenku. Yeah. Very rad. Thanks, Erich. You legend. Hey, thanks, Eric. Oh, yeah, gotta no. catch up with Erich finally. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Erich was still, there. We still. Uh, I know Erich was at the podcast thing we did a while back at Pixel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but we didn't get a chance to say. Well, I didn't get a chance to say good day. Um, so still waiting on my opportunity. I had a oh. really good chin wagged Erich, and he is just yeah. a delightful human, guys. I can confirm. Just a Hell yeah. really down to earth, nice bloke who likes video games, much Thanks. like us. Just a legend. Love to see it. I love it. Love it. Um, now, Grizz, what about you, mate? What have you been up to? I know you've been pretty flat strap. Flat strap. Yep. I had a rent inspection today. So, and we just moved into this house not long ago. So, trying to prep for that. But I guess more on the social side of things, yeah. I saw Pav at the Ground Zero, uh, uh, Ground Zero Twitch Perth meetup, which was awesome because I've kind of been out of the loop for that for a while, Cap. In fact, the last one I went to, man, was the one at escape portal i think back like years and years ago when the lop area and a bunch of people were there so i got to meet some yeah. really cool other perth content creators that i haven't had a chance to meet yet just going to ramble off some names here just in case they they hear but airish was one of them I, I saw jim and sukai there as well pav uh emiko doom cutie uh tanuki uh and blue streak and a bunch of other awesome perth content creators and I yeah guess i love me some blue involved. streak yeah it was great mate. it was really cool it was really cool so I did that. Oh yeah, dude. And then I uh, got I got really pissed on uh, Saturday night, drank a heap of tequila, and then I woke up Sunday morning and went to a spin class cap, which was pretty cool, and sweated out what, the, on a uh, bike. On a bike, mate. Yep, in the gym. Dude, you know? what the fuck? So I'm trying to I'm what? trying to do two dedicated cardio sessions that are classes per week, oh, where man. someone else pushes me, and it's yeah. dude because I was like hungover. I got home. And I just felt physically unable to do anything. So I like hopped into bed yeah. for a little bit. Then I got up because I had to like prep for this fucking wrench inspection. <laughs> and it was just a nightmare. So it wasn't a very, it was like it's you just been a real big five, mate. I don't, even, I don't even know if it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> Having that level of exhaustion with children yeah. under five. But yeah, fuck, that's wild. Absolutely. But things wild. have been good, man. I'm very grateful for everything that I've got and life and things. Cap, things are good. And uh, what about you, good sir? What's been happening on your, uh, yeah, your well, plate? Look, we're kind of going through another round of just general kind of like daycare-born illnesses again. So um, we were kind of a bit crook last um, kind of week towards the end of last week and it wasn't too bad, but it was just enough where we're just like, we're just not going to go anywhere. So, And then um, today, Ted got up, had a big spew and mm. didn't go to daycare, almost definitely uh, gastro. Uh, we got a post in our like daycare app and it was like, 
um, viral gastronitis is going around the fucking thing. And I was like, oh, you don't fucking say. Wow. <laughs> so, anyways, me had to stay home today, but um, just kind of navigating that at the moment. Uh, I'm not sick yet, uh, but it tends is to be. Sick or she okay? No, she's all right at the moment. She spent all day with Ted. So I'm hoping that, like, we've been a lot better with, like, just washing our hands properly because, I mean, that's obviously how it fucking spreads and stuff. But, um, you know, there's just things you can't avoid, like, you know, just ch- children being children around you and, um, yeah, just unavoidable um, kind of grossness. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll battle on, mate. But um, but things have been pretty good other than that. I did um, – so, yeah, in between that, I had a couple of days of, um, you know, feeling good. So I actually mm-hmm. played some D&D on Saturday night, which was great. What? So, yeah. Really? Yeah, I've had a, a – yeah, had a little um, campaign – going with a few mates. Actually, um, mates I know through a good friend, Adrian, um, and Adrian's in the campaign as well. That is cool. Dude. How's it yeah, going? What level rad. are you guys? Um, so they started uh, before I could jump in just because it was around Christmas time and, you know, you know what availabilities are like. So I was like, mm-hmm. look, sell at me. I'll come back in. Um, but the guy who's running the campaign, he's using the Planetscape um uh, I guess like expansion or whatever you call the D&D kind of stories. Uh, and it's essentially like outer planes outside of reality kind of shit going on. And so you uh, like the whole whole kind of planescape world exists in like this big city called Sigil. It's like this city that's inside like a donut shape and that donut shape has access to all the different planes within the entirety of the Forgotten Realms. So like, you know, Devil oh, realms and really, dude. All kinds yeah, of shit. Yeah. So what it's a really cool setting. You can do- there's all the different. Yeah, yeah oh, there's the shitloads. There's like elemental yeah. planes. There's like plane, yeah. you know, planes and fucking all kinds of stuff. But mm. yeah, so it's been really good. I am playing a Githzerai uh, monk, which is pretty oh, cool. Playing a monk. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. Well, so are you um, high enough level stuff. to pick your subclass? Have you gone op- open hand or what are you? you uh... No, I went Ascendant Dragon, which is oh. sick. Is that like a fucking yeah. expansion one or something? I don't think I've heard of that one. Maybe. Yeah, I think it is an expansion one. So, you know, not that we have the expansion. We're just doing a bit of a um, just sort mm. of read on, on the internet. Uh, but, yeah, you can do cool shit. Like it, when you attack, you can choose to make that attack as – a like exhalation of dragon fire uh, or breath, basically, and and it um you know it's like two d four of damage to every a- enemy in a cone or a or, line. Does or it something. use all the uh, key points still for that uh, with the monk? Yeah, applying your key yep. points to empower your attacks. Yeah, that's cool, man. I love that. Monks are great. Yeah, very cool. But yeah, really fun class, and I've never played a monk before, so it was um it's been quite fun. So. Uh, that was on Saturday, and the guys doing it—they're like one, uh, the the DM. He's really into building like um, set pieces, so he's built like he builds like a. He, the way he structures his sessions is, you know, a bit of like character development and interaction, and a um, bit of travel and kind of you know um, exploration, and then generally everything kind of ends in one big fight. Uh, and he, you know, doesn't push you towards it, but generally you go towards it anyway. Um, and so you kind of have a nice blend of everything in the entire session. Is and he so using he campaign be, he to guide builds- him, Cap, or is he kind of just writing this for you guys? Is it like no, he's a- written the whole thing himself, and it's fucking impressive honestly it's really good yeah nice. yeah so 
he's he's got this like um, he's built his own. I, I don't know. We call it just like a like a miniature um, thing that all the miniatures go in, and he's put a grid on it, and he's like sort of made his own bookshelves and all kinds of stuff. Like, so it's really cool, really really fun. So that was my Saturday. But other than that, I've just been doing a little bit of gaming and just general chilling out. So mm. um, it's been really good. Um, but yeah, so there you go. Um, happy days indeed. Uh, now look. We should probably fucking dive into it because Pab's yeah, got players. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's dive in. Um, yeah, as always, just want to say a big thank you to our wonderful listeners, whether you're listening uh, live uh, via twitch.tv slash Oceanic Gaming Radio. And if you're not listening live, you listen to this via one of our amazing pod- podcast platforms that we uh, release this bad boy on, you can come and listen live as we record this as well. We do it every, uh, every Monday night at 7 p.m. Australian Western Standard Time, uh, and we'd love to see you in here alongside such legends as Donnie92, J, Blue Streak, uh, Sikose, Mezan Nong, uh, who else we got in here? Sukai AU, yeah, just a bunch of freaking rippers. So, and Mousy Fuzz, welcome. Uh, but, yeah, you too could join them as well. Uh, now, as I mentioned before, we are we release this uh, weekly on Tuesdays on every platform, so uh, podcast platform that is. So just go and check it out in your favorite spot. We'd really appreciate some reviews. So if you get a chance to give us a five star, uh, please do so. We'd appreciate it. Um, and finally, a big old cheers to all of our wonderful Patreon subscribers. Uh, these are the legends that come out every week, a uh, m- month, sorry, and, and put some bucks in the uh, in the buck. Buck draw. Now, they are the following legends. Sukai Moosey, Cajun Runt, Sergeant Paul, Lee GD, J-Libs, Brendan, Dan Fantastic, Strops, and Slatos. Thank you, guys. Bloody appreciate you. You rock. If you want to join that list of legends, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash OGR show, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Otherwise, if it's not that, just go to our um, OGR.show website and uh, you can go and find the link there. It's floating around. All right. With all that out of the road, let's freaking jump into a cheeky little quest log, I reckon. First off, we're going to dive straight in with what is actually a how's your gaming going because there is a game taking the world by storm and it is actually kind of mental how quickly it has risen to <laughs> i guess lofty heights and uh, will it fall from lofty heights we'll find out uh but uh, the reason we've got pav here is because pal world has released uh now i haven't got a current figure but l- one of the last things i saw was like they were selling like 1800 units in a fucking minute or something yeah. stupid uh, and then beyond that, it was like they sold like X million. I mean, have you seen a recent stat, Pav? I, I saw like one yesterday. It was like five million copies sold, and then <laughs> later it was like fucking ten or something. Yeah. It's just going hotcakes. <laughs> it's the yeah, uh, lot- it's the top played and top sold for exactly. the week on Steam. Yeah. Mm. The yeah. last one I saw was two mil, but I um, have no no doubt in my mind that it's going to skyrocket to God knows how many. Yeah, um, as world gets out as well, you know. But, um, but yeah, let's dive in. I guess, like, uh, firstly, uh, I guess, what is it, Pav? Let's 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 uh, <laughs> let's. I guess let's be honest about what it is. Uh, do you want to begin? <laughs> yeah, look, I think I think a lot of people are calling it a Pokey clone, Pokemon clone. But I would I would argue that it's not. 
uh, I think I think the monsters draw have heavy inspiration is what I'll I'll call it uh, mm -hmm. to some to uh, popular Pokemon, um, but it is far more a um, arc uh, clone. Hundred percent, mm. yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think there's there's a lot of elements that are Pokemon adjacent and obviously the art style for the characters and the, uh, what do they call them, pals, um, are insanely close to that of, you know, Pokemon. Uh, and, you know, uh, but I think realistically it definitely kind of blends the that, I guess, you know, collection kind of po pal kind of Pokemon thing with the arc kind of survival, um, you know, you, you collect things and make build, you know, survival kind of game with the building mechanics and stuff. But then uh, it kind of has, it literally has guns, you know, the, the game's been uh, marketed as Pokemon with guns. Uh, mm -hmm. And so you can build weapons and give your Pokemon pal creatures guns that will then you know, use them in combat and shit which is fucking wild um, but yeah it is just a crazy amalgamation of so many different genres and game ips i think you know one of the first things i noticed when i loaded into the game was it 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 had something that was insanely reminiscent of when you start in Breath of the Wild, like you kind of open into this kind of cave and then you walk out into the wider world. And then when you walk out into the wider world, uh, you know, there's the, the name of the area pops up and the name of the area uh, is in a very similar font to like the Breath of the Wild font. And is then a really? noise plays and that fucking noise sounds like the noises you hear when you discover stuff in Breath of the Wild. Um, there's just so many games that it pulls and draws from. You know, even f I I'd say it's it's like definitely taking a lot of um, inspiration from Fortnite as well, I think, visually. Um, and then yeah. on top of that, um, yeah, I mean, you've got the Ark, you've got the Breath of the Wild, you've got Pokemon, obviously, and it's just it's completely unapologetic about it all, And but it works. Yeah, they've done, but, really, they've done a really good job of like knowing what the market of people want to want in a video game, um, yeah. and they've just they've just put out exactly exactly what people are craving for from Nintendo, especially. Yeah, I mean it's it's unfortunate because you know people have been craving a I guess I mean not necessarily a survival game, but like an MMO style experience from Pokemon that gives you the opportunity to actually have an open world and persist in it and do it do so with your mates as well um but you know the pokemon company just hasn't done it for whatever reason uh and probably just to reduce risk i guess but <clears throat> i mean ultimately i mean look how good this game's going like i mean it's 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 one of the one of the only five games that um has had uh, a million concurrent uh players on steam ever like it's Dude. just going off if you have a look at that figure cap Active players sitting above the likes of Dota 2 and Counter-Strike 2 is just like that really sets the scene. Yeah. But also, yeah. and I think it's interesting, like relating this to the devs, Pokemon devs not creating a game like this, and it's because they seem to just rely on these single releases and they bring them out periodically so they can constantly make the money from selling those games to such a, a franchise and you know, know, knowing that people are going to buy those games, right? They haven't really made a live service game, so to speak, or something that they service beyond a certain period of time. So, I don't know. You yeah. can see, obviously, the people are wanting this, but yeah, it's crazy. 
taken off. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Pokemon just haven't been able to capitalize on that at all. If and I mean, I'm not even too sure if they want to. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's let's have a bit of a chat about, I guess, like just the standard gameplay. Like it actually handles pretty well. I mean, everything that I've seen from the marketing and the screenshots of this game and the trailer, it just looked like a garbage asset flip game <laughs> that would you just find as like some uni students like i don't know like portfolio piece for uni um you know for game design or something like it, it is honestly like it, it it's it looks like one of those games that you see on like your facebook ads and it's like pretends to be a game that it's not <laughs> then you load into the game and it's fully featured it runs really well um, and it's entirely surprising. I mean, I guess the whole kind of game loop is you are kind of having that survival thing. You're going out, you're smacking trees and getting, um, you know, resources and, and mm. wood and rock, and then you're using those resources to craft things. And the main kind of goal, I guess, beyond that is to capture Pokemon, uh, well, pals, pals. Uh, and, you know, use them to, you know, your own devices. You know, they've got farming and stuff and you can use your pals to help you kind of build your settlement, uh, operate your settlement and I guess just kind of persist in the world. Uh, and they've even kind of got the whole uh, Arceus approach to catching a shitload of one pal as well, Pav, like you kind of get, you know, you try and get 10 of a type and then you get like an XP bonus and you use that XP bonus to, you know, get more technology points and unlock your technology hierarchy. But, um, but yeah, so have, have you done much of the multiplayer? How does that feel? Uh, like, I haven't done any of the multiplayer yet. I'm, um, I'm kind of just, uh, uh, kind of just jumping into the world and kind of e experiencing it for myself first. Cause uh, I like to, I like to play the, like these sort of games my own pace because otherwise I'll get left in the lurch. <laughs> mm. I kind of just uh, just go at my own pace. Uh, so I've just been really enjoying um, that. Exactly exactly that is just uh, uh, farming, building, uh, exploring, uh, just at my own pace. And, and like just seeing all the new monsters, it's like I definitely went into this expecting to see every single creature I, uh, I came across to be an like a exact ripoff of a Pokemon, but like this, this I'm finding that as to, to be more the minority than uh, majority of these creatures. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, I suppose it's probably a good good time to maybe chat about some of the controversy that's kind of come out, and that's <laughs> the fact that they have been um, accused of some degree of plagiarism. Mm. Now, people on Twitter have been kind of reverse engineering some of these um, pals and comparing them to existing Pokemon. Uh, I think one of the main comparisons was, you know, this kind of weird cat-like looking pal that, um, you know, kind of operates on all fours and looks vaguely like the Galarian, uh, I think it's Galarian, Meowth, um, Meowth version. Yeah. Uh, and to the point where the eyes on the pal are virtually exactly the same in terms of, yeah. like, I, the mouth as well. I shape. The grin yeah, the mouth like as well is in the exact same shape. All those yeah. elements are in like a the exact same position and even the pupils are in the same position within the eyes and it's just there. All the – yeah, it's, it's – it's, I mean, look, it's not definitive, definite, you know, here's mm. what they did, but like 
it's pretty close and you, you, the people have uncovered some stuff that the CEO of um, the Power World Studio, I can't remember what they call it, Pocky Pocket something or other, um, basically was sharing the fact that uh, one way to get around plagiarism is to, for, is to run uh, things through AI to mm-hmm. uh, then, you know, <laughs> obviously spit something new out because you can't yeah. prove that it was plagiarism at that stage, especially when AI is supposed to be able to kind of regenerate brand new kind of things. It's hard to reverse engineer backwards. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I wonder it, I mean, how much of this could... game has been generated with AI, Cap, you reckon? Like oh, that could explain a I lot think- of drawing from other games, you know, even you talking about the font use for certain things, you know, if they're using Dude, that to... Honestly, I, I would probably say that the vast majority of the PALs maybe had some iteration of AI that were then iterated on after yeah. the fact. Mm-hmm. You know, they probably just plugged a shitload of Pokemon into um, whatever AI they might have used and then, mm-hmm. you know, uh, generated a, uh, what do you call it, a... Uh, you know, like a data set to then generate some random kind of pals, I guess, and then from there use the designer to flesh those out. Because one thing that the uh, the the company has been saying is that the all the pal designs have been done by one person, and they kind of it's quite hilarious because they they say, oh yeah, um, this one designer is this designer who was refused um, uh, employment at all these other studios, and they've been single handedly designing all the pals in the game by themselves. They're amazing, and it's like, uh, is this like <laughs> some bizarre way to try and pretend like you didn't use AI? <laughs> it's just weird. Um, but yeah, overall, obviously uh, a little bit dodgy, and then obviously mixing that with the you you know, blatant and some people is calling it, um, what do you call it, um, inspiration from other <laughs> video games. Um, now, Pav, you are telling me something earlier in the sh- um, before we started that uh, uh, they've been fairly, uh, again, um, you know, just kind of open to the fact that they're happy to just completely um, copy industry cha- uh, trends. Yeah, uh, I read an article this morning. It was, uh, I think, the president of the company or whatever uh, saying, that their their interest is not to make an original game. They they want to uh, capture the the popular what's popular in the market and make a game that will be what people want to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean realistically, I mean that's being shown. But I guess the big thing to note about this is you know plenty of people do this shit on the Steam marketplace and other gaming marketplaces and just reproduce, you know, very poorly made versions of, you know, these industry trends and games. But, I mean, in all honesty, this is probably the first time that I've seen a game of this, I guess, approach to, you know, development actually come out on top and and produce something that people are willing to play and pay for. Um, which is wild because it's also probably realistically one of the first instances of AI-generated content being used and not being like, well, I mean, it is obviously being critiqued at the moment. We can't prove it's AI stuff. But, I mean, this could realistically be one of the first real big hit games that has successfully utilised what I think yeah. personally is a significant amount of AI-generated assets, which is well, it's, wild. It's selling like hotcakes and people are playing it in the hundreds of thousands, more than AAA studios and more than Baldur's Gate 3. They, they put a stat on their um, 
Twitter cap saying that Power World is breaking the record for the most played game that has a monetary value. Turns out that was incorrect because PUBG wasn't always free. It was a it was a pay back in the day, and that still holds the record. Uh, yeah. Second over the top of the likes of games like Baldur's Gate 3 and all those amazing AAA games that you pay for. Yeah. So it's like pretty mental. Absolutely wild. Wild. Yeah. And I mean, the only, I guess one of the other things to kind of note about this as well is, um, so it's it's obviously co-released on um, Game Pass as well. So you can play on Game Pass. But one thing to note, uh, if you are keen to kind of get in there and get involved, just beware that you won't be able to play with Steam friends yet. Uh, and there's no defined answer to how long the yet will be. Uh, basically, they don't have uh, direct IP server uh, uh, connection in the Xbox uh, Game Pass version. Uh, and on top of that, uh, the other issue that they've got is they're having issues getting patches past Microsoft's patching, like Xbox Game Pass patching policy, which is really fucking bizarre because it kind of the way that they've i guess positioned what's happening is that there's yeah essentially they're, they're having an issue getting it past the patch um policy authority for for game pass but then also in my mind microsoft is paying them to be on game pass so it's like where's the hold up fellas like what's going on here <laughs> uh you know what i mean like it's just i kind of find that bizarre whereas i mean obviously in steam like it's just like fucking sweet let's go um but i just feel like there's, there's an added benefit of them not you know twiddling their thumbs about getting this patch because apparently the patch well, firstly, the patch that's missing on Xbox is missing a shitload of um, bug fixes and tweaks. Uh, but on top of that, you know, quite important multiplayer, um, I guess, uh, what do you call it? Multiplayer, uh, fuck, multiplayer optionality fucking mm. connections. You know, you can't fucking connect stuff. properly. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got a theory, Grizz. <clears throat> what is it? a theory. They aren't going to release the patch until they've sold a shitload of copies and then they'll release the patch because otherwise yeah. people will just go and grab it off Game Pass for free. Maybe. You might be right. Maybe there's some thinking behind that. I think that's a maybe. Given who these people are and what they've kind of suggested and how they want like to monetize <laughs> their games, sounds like a, probably a fucking definite. Um, so, uh, yeah. And no. I think it's funny because they. I think the way that they're talking about the whole process is like, I feel like they're kind of trying to sort of vaguely put the ball in Microsoft's court, but then also they're kind of trying to be, um, uh, you know, careful about what they say because I think realistically it's them who's holding it up. Uh, but then obviously they don't want Microsoft to be like, wait a second, you guys are just fucking not putting the patch out. That's your problem, mate, not us. So anyways, haven't heard more about it, but wild and crazy. So. Yeah, now, Cap, anyways. I haven't actually heard your yeah. opinion, mate. How many Captain Person, how many pavs are we giving this game? Are you guys actually enjoying it? Ooh. Or is this something you just want to jump on for the hype? Or what is this to you guys? Um I think feeling? it's some um, I think it's something that I'm probably only gonna play for the hype. I have enjoyed it enjoyed it far more than I expected to. Mm. Uh it it is really captivating me. Um but yeah, I don't know. I think I think uh it will get old quick because I'm I play. I've played for about five hours or so. I've got about fifty percent off the monsters, 
Uh, I've um, traveled across most of the area. I think I, I think w within like ten, maybe fifteen hours, I'll have like been ready to finish my my solo playthrough. Then it'll be dependent on how the multiplayer works, and we'll see we'll see how that yeah. that goes. So yeah, look, I think I'm in a pretty similar boat. Like I am definitely like I think a lot of the enjoyment out of the game is a pure sense of disbelief that this game isn't shit. <laughs> and so I'm kind of just enjoying that moment. But I think I'm the same with Pav. I ended up buying it on Steam because I wanted to play multiplayer with a couple of mates who are playing currently. Um, I think I'll play with them for a little while and then I just think it'll fizzle out for me as well. I can't see these guys being able to be agile enough to add because, I mean, it's still in early access. So, you know, I mean, what I mean, the game seems pretty fully featured to how me anyway. When you buy it, how much is it? How much are they making here? It's like currently it? under 40 um, Australian dollars. I think it's like 39 bucks or something, 10% yeah. off. Yeah. Um. So it's not it's not a full priced AAA experience. It's kind of like an EA kind of pricing. Um. But yeah, I think I'm think I'm the same. Look, I, honestly, I think realistically, the game's probably like a three out of five. It, to be honest, like it's 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 average. But I think just the whole what it does and what it combines and it does a really good job of it. The fun factor is definitely a five out of five. You know what I mean? Yeah. So kind of came out that, of nowhere too. I feel like games like that where I mean I'm sure this was advertised previous to this, right? But yeah. like you said, Captain. Well, I, yeah. I actually posted this about Facebook. this. I posted this on my Facebook uh two years ago. Yeah, but the yeah. Thing just because I thought it was a meme video. Exactly. Well Cap was like yeah. saying saying in our chat earlier that it seen mm -hmm. the first videos of this, it was like, oh, this is gonna be fucking shit. Look at it. I think but, I think the first videos actually had Pokemon in the game as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Well, yeah, um, but yeah. So yeah. there you go, fucking yeah. power world. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll keep you guys updated, um, and I'll, I'll bring you little Pav updates as well as, as I as I hear about them. But yeah. uh, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pav, just want to say thanks for jumping on and having a bit of a chat with us about power world, mate. It was, um, it's been great. We miss you, Pav. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you. I'll be back at some point. <laughs> uh, good, luck, good luck, fellas. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it sure will. It sure will. Next right, week. Good luck, fellas. See I'll there. see you next time. Bye-bye. See you, mate. Peace. <laughs> now, All right. Cap, just quickly, there is shinies in this game, right? I've seen them. Have you? I don't know, what? actually. Maybe. So there's shinies. They make a noise, except this apparently when you catch them, you throw them back out. They're not shiny anymore, but they have different empowered abilities and stuff that do more than the normal standard versions of those. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm just looking at it now. Uh, they are literally shiny by the looks of things they as shiny. well. They like make they... a fucking noise. Actually, I've, I've, yeah. I've read a really funny tweet because someone loaded into a world and they couldn't figure out how to fucking get rid of that really annoying noise that it was making. So they went and made a new world and deleted the old one. <laughs> Turns out <laughs> it's because there was a shiny. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I mean, I mean, infancy of a game like that, you just don't even know, do you? So, you know, you make yeah. some pretty critically bad mistakes. Um, but yeah, look, honestly, are you going to give it a crack, Grizz? What's your What's your plan? Um, oh, probably not. I'll just listen to you talk no. about it and read media. Yeah, I mean, it's still, it's kind of not really in my wheelhouse. Kind of is. I love the survival craft stuff, but uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. You've done a few Pokemon Nuzlocks in your time. I have. I enjoy those a lot, actually. The Nuzlocks are fantastic. So maybe if it's in the yeah. right format, yeah, could be for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> 
All right, Chris. Well, what about, would you be trying, did you, actually, let's start this correctly. Did you play Final Fantasy VII Remake? No, but I did play the shit out of the original Final Fantasy VII games, and I must admit, Cap, that watching the Rebirth trailer and which, by the way, dropped how long ago? Cap, five days ago, the most recent recent. Yeah, trailer, about five or six days ago. Yeah, we're about to talk about definitely gave me a massive hit of nostalgia and the drive yeah. to actually pull my finger out and address my New Year's resolution, which was to play some games that are coming out this year and give give at least this one a crack. Maybe the ones before it a crack, but it looks great so far. Yeah, I mean, I definitely recommend playing Remake first because I think, um, you know, you'll get your best bang for buck in terms of story and um, continuations and all that. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, like you said, mate, we've got a brand new trailer uh, for Rebirth and it's looking pretty sexy, if I do say so myself. Mm. Um, a lot of nostalgic kind of uh, moments and stuff coming out of the uh, the trailer, but also just some weird events in terms of timing and who's doing what, uh, mm-hmm. and in terms of what we'd expect to be happening in the, I guess, the original game, right? So, I mean, it kind of further solidifies this idea that uh, something's going on with the timeline in the Final Fantasy remake trilogy, basically. We know that this game is going to be, or the games are going to be in a trilogy. Uh, and, you know, the the things that happened in the first kind of, there was a few things that happened towards the end and some boss battles and stuff that kind of suggested that, uh, hey, wait a second, that's, that's not how that went or that's really weird. That wasn't in the first game. And it seems like we're going to get that now. So, look, in the trailer we get um, some, uh, we, well, we get uh, some footage of us fighting, uh, I think it's, it's, is it the Leviathan? Uh, it's like the Leviathan-esque thing uh, in the, first major continent um yeah. you know we see the mad scientist i can't remember what his name is um who has red uh what's his name red five or whatever uh the dog uh the and dog. you know yeah, we red. see a lot of sephiroth yeah yeah your boy red uh see a lot of sephiroth as well uh but then we also so, sort of see the new characters that we're going to be able to play as in uh, in this, uh, in in the remake, so we get to see Yuffie, who we were exposed to in Integrade, which is the DLC kind of expansion for for remake. Um, we will be able to play as Red. Uh, we'll also be able to play as the uh, you know the other characters that we played as in the uh, the first of the trilogy. Barrett, so you know, Barrett, you, is Barrett uh, in the first one? Yeah, Cap? Barrett, is Barrett yeah, in there? Barrett's yeah. in the first one. Yeah. Also Tifa and Aerith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we've also got uh, Cat Sith, uh, who is the, uh, the cat, uh, or I think Kate Sith, uh, that little cat thing that walks on a fucking, like, marshmallow <laughs> um, man. So, mm. um yeah, it all looks wild and, you know, we've got confirmation that we're going to be going to the Golden Saucer, which is kind of like their version of, I guess, the like a carnival kind of thing. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, honestly, the trailer looks phenomenally gorgeous. The Golden Saucer cap from the original game, is that the one that kind of felt like you're in almost like a 
space age kind of like quite a modern yeah very modern yep. area yeah yeah cool. and there was also mini games and stuff you're doing like games. racing and yeah yeah and so this apparently is fully fleshed out with mini games and whatnot um cool. so yeah i mean it looks really cool now a couple of things that have been kind of confirmed as well is that you know you're going to be able to um the combat style is very similar to the remake uh mm-hmm. but now I think they're doing the things called like synergy attacks or something where your characters will blend together and do different moves. Um, and, uh, yeah, so the combat sounds really, really wild. Uh, it sounds like the, the campaign's going to be about 40 hours. So what Whoa. do you think about like well, hour-wise sweet spots? Because 40 sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, 40 sounds right, Cap, but also they said that Elden Ring was 40, right? But when you go and do all the <laughs> side quests, Fuck stuff, you're fucking up around 100. <laughs> No, it, yeah. it, look, we, we, you know, speaking last week about this, we have seen little teasers of the open world nature of this, um, of the rebirth, Re- Final Fantasy VII rebirth, and it's, you know, definitely uh, more open. There's fast travel and it looks to be much, much more of a, um, I don't know, side quests and stuff, Cap. Like, it sounds like there's going to be more yeah. outside of that linear um, approach uh, to the game. Yeah. Which, which was obviously in the first remake, you know, it was a bit more of a kind of on rails experience. You know, there was certain areas that were kind of a little bit fleshed out and, mm-hmm. you know, open, but they were still pretty small in comparison. This is like, you know, there was a couple of weeks back, I think there was a leaked image of uh, uh, the map and go and kind yeah. of give you a vague idea of how big it was. Uh, but then on top of that, with this trailer, there's been a few interviews with some of the uh, lead devs and they were saying like, you know, one of the major pillars of this new game is to, you know, in a, promote you to explore a lot and, and, you know, go out and see the enemies and, um, yeah, so I think that's going to be pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you're kind so of huge, about to touch on huge. it here, Cap, but um, there's a lot of little whisperings, mate, that... Uh uh, this will be the one where they deviate from the original storytelling a little bit here. So can you touch on any quite of that? Quite dramatically. Got, quite dramatically. So do we already know that that yeah. is going to happen from the trailer? There's, or? No, there's no specific – I mean, there's a few things in the trailer that uh, – so there's one of the things that was being said is that there's a couple of new cities and towns that the characters go to. Uh, in this game that weren't explored in the original. Uh, so, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously that's a bit of a deviation, but, I mean, they kind of, I think they might more so just be doing that to kind of flesh the story out and kind of make the world seem more lived in and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I think the big thing is, um, well, another one is they don't go to Wutai, which is where they originally meet Yuffie. Um uh, so Wutai is quite an important place in, in the original game. But potentially the biggest thing, I mean, you know, if you haven't played the first Final Fantasy VII, um, spoilers ahead, uh, basically mm-hmm. at the end of Disc 1, uh, we have probably one of games most well-known, gaming's well most well-known moments of all time. You know, y- you see Sephiroth fall down from the sky in the temple place and he drives his sword straight through Aerith, and it's like one of the craziest like twists of yeah. all time. And like mm-hmm. you know, I remember seeing it as a kid being like, "Holy shit, this is crazy!" Like you, know, <laughs> you just bought it for Jim. Fuck. Yeah. No, I'm sure Jim yeah, knows. Sorry, he's Jim. a 
He's a video game aficionado. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. if Jim doesn't know, then I yeah, that's that's my blowing. Uh, but <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see what happens because we ha- yeah. obviously haven't well in this trailer and in previous trailers for remake, uh, rebirth. Sorry, we <laughs> haven't gotten any inkling that that actually happens in right. this game. Yeah. Yeah, and to go a little bit further, in the original remake, there's certain things that Sephiroth say and also Aerith says that kind of allude to them knowing what's going to happen, which is weird because in the original game, they don't have those kind of dialogues happening. So um, basically anything can happen from this point forward from mm. the sounds of things and that'll be the first major deviation there's a few theories online floating around that uh basically Aerith and um Sephiroth are caught up in this like you know time kind of timeline deviation thing and and they both know the events of Final Fantasy 7 to the point where Sephiroth is trying to get the party to do certain things uh and he's trying to resist the act of killing Aerith because he knows that that act is what sets Cloud on his path to stop Sephiroth in ultimately. Dang. So he's kind of like using that to his advantage, knowing the outcomes of Final Fantasy VII, the last one. Exactly. Okay. All right. Which is kind of rad. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously we don't know for sure at this stage. The game's not even out yet. I mean, I I don't think the game's out till Feb 29th or something like that. Uh, But... um, but yeah, ultimately the trailer looks freaking impressive. Um, I think uh, so. Rebirth ends ends on the on disc one. We know that for sure. That's been confirmed. Mm-hmm. So we know that whatever happens in that scene is going to be the final kind of cutscene or whatever that happens Early-ish. in the game. Oh right, okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yep. So we know that that's probably going to be the major deviation point and then the the final disc is going to be like hectic. So, yeah, anyways, it's going to be really cool. Um, Yeah. A couple of little comments from me, Cap. I have always felt that uh, graphically Square Enix with the Final Fantasy VII games have always generated these um, visuals unlike any other game. And I remember seeing like, you know, the, the, the cinematography in Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VIII so beyond what was currently being produced on other consoles at the time yeah. and being quite like blown away. Wow, this is what real graphics look like. But I kind of almost had that moment again here with the Rebirth trailer. I just think that the attention to detail and now they've got these, it's almost like they've gone beyond reality with these now. They've just done such a good job yeah. at like constructing the faces and the movements of people that it's just, it, it's just amazing, perfect. On top of this cap, I actually yeah. felt like the music score, one one of the biggest things for Final Fantasy VII that I remember, Cap, there's a couple of songs that I still remember the name of them. Besaid is one of them. There's a couple of other ones. I still have them in my D&D playlist from that um, so era. So sick. Love it. And they're, uh, they're just like really pinnacle moments of um, gaming um, in my mind. But yeah. I actually felt Dude, like the, the trailer. They are really good. The trailer is like, you know, it's just such a good theme, yeah. dude. It's like everyone knows that song, you know. Yeah, I reckon, sorry to interrupt you, but I no, had no, to, I was just going to say so that like the music in the trailer is it was fantastic as well. I think it, they've just done a really good job with the trailers as a whole for these games at paying yeah. homage to the classics and giving you a little bit more potentially through story changes and other bits and pieces to really yeah. draw people back in. 
even if you haven't played the originals, there's still appeal there because they look amazing. But there is definitely yeah. a thing where they're pulling on people's nostalgia factor to draw them back yeah. in from Final Fantasy VII yeah. as a as a whole. So, but yeah. then bending bending the rules of what a remake can be, right? And I mean, even like you think about, um, I mean, the, the blindingly obvious one is um, the fact that uh, Zach Flair, one of the um, you know one of the soldiers alongside uh, Cloud and Sephiroth, he's not in. The um, in Final Fantasy VII after you know the first disc, or whatever. Um, I can't remember exactly where he is in there, but he's alluded to in the game, and I think he's in Advent Children and some other shit. But he is in this next game as well. So mm. you know the the events are changing. It's giving you, you know, they're giving you new things to look forward to, which I think is just it's such a intelligent way to approach it, and but also doing it in a way that isn't abrasive. You know, like it's a it's a great addition to the story. It's not like a bit of an eye roll. Like, uh, yeah, I've been really impressed with what they've done so far. So I'm pretty pretty interested to see what the final product looks like. Um, I remember um, you and I yeah. speaking about this whole idea early cap around breaking Final Fantasy VII into these piecemeal things. And one of our concerns at the time was that there wasn't enough content to be able to split too much to have it meaningful for each of the games that they were going to bring out of that or each of the parts. Do you still feel like that's the case or do you think that they've done a pretty good job at, at piecemealing it into sections like they have? I think they've pretty much broken it into the exact space places that I expected it probably would be broken into um, because, you know, obviously Remake, that ended at, you know, exiting Midgar just after the whole um, the second kind of terrorist, terrorist attack, I say in inverted commas, uh, and then... I thought, you know, probably the, the next ideal spot, you know, storyline-wise would probably be that first moment asked for disc one. But then, you know, that's only disc one. Isn't there like three discs in the original one? <laughs> three or four, I'm pretty <laughs> sure, Final Fantasy there, VII. I thought there was four. Can't yeah, so yeah. I kind of thought that maybe they might go beyond a trilogy and do more, but uh, they haven't, which is kind of impressive. So, so is, I mean, ultimately, to answer your question, Grizz, I'm pretty. I'm pretty happy with how they've done it so far. I think they've done a really good job. Um, you know, you're right, Cap. Three discs, mate. Look, I wonder, dude, once they finish with Final Fantasy VII, whether they're going to do this to the number eight as well. Yeah. Well, I heard rumors that they want to do something similar to ten, which is interesting oh, because really? I guess maybe deviating because I mean seven and eight have a similar kind of futuristic kind of apocalyptic kind of thing going on whereas oh, 10 is very medieval so i think dude i think Fantasy. 10 was the last one that i actually played no joke back yeah. in the day that that one had the that weird ball thing where like there was a mini game where it was like soccer but some oh maybe i'm thinking game? of 9 then sorry i think i got mixed up between 10 and 9 my bad i meant the i meant 9 which is the more uh, medieval high fantasy kind of one yeah, we'll look at this. Oh, yeah. Yep. You uh, you're thinking right. of 10 Blitzball. Blitzball. Yeah, Blitzball. Yeah, Jim. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Blitzball, <laughs> which is one of the best mini games of all time, I'd say. Uh, <laughs> so good. I think it's a banger. It's kind of like Quidditch, but, also, but uh, not yeah. Quidditch. Yeah, but also Final Fantasy has a great um, track record of making really good uh, card games inside Dude. their actual games. Dude, they, I swear they invented like the idea of Gwent in the Witcher series. But how good were the card games, yeah. man? 
I think Final oh, Fantasy VIII time. was so it's so in depth, and almost everyone you could go and play. It's great. Yeah. Well, even um, okay. So one final thing before we we probably should definitely move on. <laughs> uh, they they've got mm. a, a a mini game coming to the Golden Saucer in uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which looks very Gwent like, uh, and it's called Queen's Blood. Uh, so it looks pretty Ooh. damn cool. So dang. Uh, all you card game lovers, get excited. So there you go. Do it. Yeah. All right. That's Final Fantasy VII. Now, Grizz, over the week as well, we also had an Xbox Developers Direct where they didn't announce anything that we didn't already know was coming out, but they kind of fleshed out some of the things that were on the radar and whatnot. So, um, firstly, uh, we had... Before you uh, dive into the games cap, I actually quite liked the way that they ran all of these, and some of them were kind of done differently, but... They actually saying a developer's direct rather than sit there and show you gameplay footage. Quite often it would be just conversations with the developers themselves and, you know, guys that yeah. were developing monsters and some of the assets and bits and pieces. And I actually found it quite interesting from a technical point just to get a bit more of understanding around these games. Like you say, most of them we've heard from them before, but um, actually having those discussions with the devs I thought was, was, uh, was pretty cool. Yeah, I think I do like that format. I mean, they're a bit long, which you know, if if you're a, a dad like me, you find you find um, finding eight minutes in your day pretty difficult. <laughs> but yeah. um, you know, I, I do think it's nice to kind of get that perspective about some of the decisions they've made. One thing I cannot fucking stand though, Grizz, is yeah. when they do things like this that are kind of documentary, mini documentary esque kind of. Uh, like scenes of developers doing things and whatnot, but then they always seem to have the slow mo of them walking away from the camera, and it's just like, dude, this is so fucking cringy. What are you doing? <laughs> like, stop! I can't handle it. Um, yeah, anyways, right. They are a little bit like that. Is there that'd be all the, the old yeah. classic where you see someone working on something it's and it's like, it's like, it's, yeah, it's like they're walking away from the, an explosion, like fucking, a Michael Bay film. It's like, dude, he's, he's just written fucking twelve lines of C plus plus code, like you. This isn't the right scene for him, you know? (laughs) It's ridiculous. Anyway, so look, we had Avowed, which we kind of knew was coming again. Uh, Now, Avowed is that kind of Skyrim-esque experience uh, made by the Obsidian guys. Uh, They've done Pillars of Eternity. Mm -hmm. I think this game is set in the universe of Pillars of Eternity, but they've also done things like Fallout New Vegas and stuff. So, you know, these guys know how to make an RPG. And just to give a little bit of sprinkling of sugar on on these guys, not to sugarcoat it too much, but uh, the Pillars of Eternity, the last game, was almost like a spiritual successor to the early Baldur's Gate um, uh, game, one and two. So it's kind of like a top-down RPG Almost like a D and D esque Icewind Dale and those kind of games that were around Neverwinter Nights. Yeah, that kind of isometric, like yeah. CRPG experience. You know, I actually computer played. RPG. I actually played Pillars of Eternity, and I actually rarely got stuck into the storytelling in there. Um, and I actually kind of felt like a D and D inspired look. I'm not. I'm not going to, you know, puff it up too much. I won't say it's anything like Baldur's Gate Three, but it kind of feels that way. Which I don't know. Maybe if this has got some similar writing and stuff in it, Cap, it could be pretty cool. But yeah, big, big, good. big Skyrim vibes though, Cap, isn't it? It's like someone's got a GoPro strapped to their chest. That's the kind of perspective you yeah. see. So you see the hands swinging yeah. swords and 
casting spells and using wands. Yeah, kind of you've kind of got your left and your right arm within the frame and then you can kind of, you know, I, I guess, you know, the whole thing about Skyrim was you could combine spells by having one set, you know, say you had like a fireball in the left and a fireball in the right, you do a bigger fireball together kind of yeah. thing. So I don't know if that's how the, the combat works in this. It didn't seem to imply that, but, I mean, ultimately you put things in each hand and you utilise yeah. them together. So you might have a shield and a wand or you might have like a flintlock pistol pistol and a, and a sword or something so you can kind of mix it up uh and you know it's kind of that hack and slash kind of combat that you get from uh from skyrim now the visual style is a little bit more uh colorful it's kind of um yeah i don't know it's it's i mean it looks a lot nicer than skyrim obviously skyrim's quite aged uh, and this kind of, you know, is a bit more of a nice looking kind of RPG kind of, but I guess on top of that is kind of a bit more pastely and it's a bit more bright and vibrant. Mm. Uh, whereas, mm-hmm. you know, I guess the Elder Scrolls games tend to be a little bit more subdued and, um, yeah. lots of saturation know, in the spells and stuff, isn't it, Cap? Like, you know, you see him cast this exactly. lines on the ground and it's this bright green color. I will say, yeah. Cap, that some of the enemy AI and some of the combat kind of gives me jank. Skyrim vibes too, a Dude, bit. Yeah, I actually and think the game looks pretty fucking stale. Yeah, a, <laughs> I don't I'm know if you honest. got into the comments section of the YouTube video, but there's a couple here that I just want to touch on. Someone uh, said here that if the enemies had a little bit more of a ragdoll effect to them, it would help with the impact in inverted commas the weapons and abilities abilities do. As right now, it feels very Oblivion like. And you can kind of, yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot there too. And then someone else kind of says yeah. here, the first teaser trailer for this game showed a dark, epic glimpse of what could be an amazing game to get lost in. With each trailer, this impression slips further and further away. Looks like another lightweight RPG like The Outer Worlds. I Actually, that's the first thing that I thought of because when they released The Outer Worlds, I was quite excited because, I mean, being a massive Fallout 3 New Vegas fan, mm. uh, I thought, shit, yeah, let's go. They're doing one in space. Let's freaking – I'm going to eat this up. And it was just an RPG light kind of thing. It was – you know, the writing was pretty fucking average and in all honesty, it was probably more akin to something like Starfield in terms of fleshed outedness and just yep. being fairly forgettable. Uh, and then I've seen this game as well, and I'm kind of getting similar vibes, unfortunately. Like, mm. I mean, even just the dialogue just looks kind of detached from yeah. who's delivering it. You know what I mean? They have like, um, the choices, kind of similar to, like, is it is it is it like uh, Starfield Cap, where you can kind of like choose your different dialogue yeah. options and bits and yeah, pieces? There? Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of games that do that, but I mean, they, I think. There's not an awful lot of dialogue options either, which, I mean, from what we've seen, I mean, there might be more later. But, look, I think I think for me, I saw someone, uh, a guy called Paul Tazzy, he writes for Forbes, and I was reading an article he wrote, and he said that he thought the game looked almost like a VR game that had been ported to console, basically. <laughs> uh, and it's a perfect rendition of what it feels like because it has that kind of VR jankiness yeah, with does. the approach to even just things on the screen. Like when you're having a talk to someone, there's not an awful lot on the screen because it's like almost like you're trying to minimize the amount of HUD you've got. And then yeah. they're kind of doing the same thing, which I think is good for immersion. But then also it just with the way that the dialogue's being delivered and there's not an awful lot of facial animation or expression, it just seems really lifeless. And so yeah. you kind of get 
that VR experience because and even where the camera, even where the camera's held cap, it kind of looks like you could imagine yourself <laughs> yeah. holding the VR handhelds and swinging the hands. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Look, I guess the only uh, a bit that we can take away from this, which might be good, is the writing in Pillar of Et- Pillars of Eternity was really good in terms of uh, the storytelling and stuff in there. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, they can re re you know summon that into this game uh, i hope they don't pull a misstep and just make the storyline completely forgettable like our other good mm-hmm. friends at another studio that likes to make rpgs of this nature mm-hmm. uh i'll let you fill in the gaps there but yeah About look, honestly, ca- game coming in september oh no september yeah. to november 24 this year end of the year mate yeah so, yeah, and it looks we'll like see. there's a shitload of kobolds in there, so get ready for that. Uh, yeah, but there yeah, you go. Right. Grizz. Yes. Harrison Ford. What Fuck did you think yeah. of him as a kid? Oh, he was my fucking Dude, hero. we smashed the Indiana Jones movies as kids. Big Absolutely time, me too. loved them, mate. I thought he was the coolest dude of all fucking time. Yeah, Raiders man. of the Lost Ark was, and yeah. The Last Crusade are Yeah, some of the best. It, it actually... Reading this and watching this has made me kind of want to put it on for my kids at, at family movie night and rewatch those yeah. movies because they're so good. He's just so charismatic, well, isn't he? Yeah. He yeah. is, man, and he's just Mr. Fucking Cool. But I think one thing I remember as a kid as well, I mean, I used to love those movies. I'd watch them with mum and my dad all the time because, you know, you just re- – like, I mean, I can't do it now, but I would rewatch movies over and over oh, yeah, again as too. a kid all the yeah. time, yeah. you know, and that was just one of my – you know, that and Star Wars were like my go-tos and, you know, Harrison Ford obviously in both at the time and it was just like, you know, okay, cool, this guy's, this guy's the legend. He's in fucking space and he's in fucking archaeology. <laughs> he's the coolest dude. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And then we, one of my first video games that I ever played uh, was um, the Indiana Jones SNES game. Can't remember the full name of it. Might have been yep. The Lost Idol or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can still remember one of the first levels, opening levels, is you being chased as Indiana Jones by yep. the boulder. Yeah, the boulder. So the you take the idol and then you, and off you go to get yeah. chased by the boulder. And there was yep. quite a significant running segment in there. And, I mean, I was like, I'd be lucky if I was like four or five max. Dude, I should uh, replay that, man. Maybe I'll replay that on stream. It's a banger. Just for, just for a it's laugh, a real banger. Yeah. Yeah, but I remember. I remember. I always used to have to call mum to come in and do it, and then I'd hide under the under the like couch because I was too fucking scared of the boulder coming. And then she, she, I'd be like, "Tell me what it's done. Tell me what it's done." <laughs> <laughs> and then mum would sort it out. But yeah, so I've got really fond memories of Indiana Jones, and I feel like Grizz. Yeah. Once they announced, you know, the Indiana Jones games, you know, I kind of felt. More recently, when they said that they had one coming from Bethesda, I mean, first I thought, "Fuck sakes, here we go, Bethesda's doing this great." Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I kind of thought, "Oh man, I don't do I want an Indiana Jones game? Like, I'm kind of I'm so not into that anymore. You know what I mean? Like, just feel like the Indiana Jones IPs kind of lost its luster and stuff." But yeah. then I saw the fucking trailer for this game, dude, and I was like, "Yeah, let's yeah. go." They've really leveraged hard off the movies, you know. They've got so just to let people know, so this is Indiana Jones. And the Great Circle. It's coming twenty twenty four, and it's actually set. So it's actually set in the movie universe, obviously. But between the two movies, uh, it is between the Raiders of the Lost Ark and the Last Crusade, and you play as Harrison Ford in the game. And yeah, it just looks pretty yeah. cool. Cap. It's got all the tropes yeah. of the original. You know, you've got your whip, you've got your satchel, you've got your pistol, 
and you just work your way through kind of like Aztec ruins and stuff and solving puzzles and a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But, um, it, looks, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's definitely giving me, I mean, obviously, you know, for vague kind of paintbrushing of, you know, similar things that it sort of almost looks like, it kind of seems like they went, okay, what has Tomb Raider done really well in the last few games and what has Uncharted done really well in those last few games? Yeah, Let's just true. chuck them all into this. And, you know, it and it looks really nice. Like they the the graphics are really nicely done. Uh, you know, very realistic uh, and just just really kind of just wonderful. Like the, the trailer now, now looks Now you say good. that, Uncharted is totally like a modern-day Indiana Jones kind of, isn't it? Very he is, similar. 100%. Yeah. 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 Uh, cool thing, though, um, Grizz, uh, Troy Baker is doing the voice of uh, Indiana Jones in this game. Obviously, okay. you know, emulating that of uh, freaking bloody Harrison, Harrison Ford, Ford doing a pretty yeah. good job of it, may I say. Uh, but, yeah, you know, uh, in the trailer we get a bunch of gameplay. You know, you are solving puzzles. Uh, the combat's kind of like first person, you know, I mean the entire game seems to be first person, which I think is an interesting, uh, an interesting, what's the word, an interesting perspective to take, especially when you've obviously managed to secure the rights to use Harrison Ford's likeness, and yeah. then you do everything in first person where you can't see Harrison Ford. <laughs> I just yeah, find that yeah. really fucking weird. Uh, but obviously, they made that decision to kind of give you that RPG ness. I'm playing as Harrison Ford, kind of thing. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you, you know, you've got your fucking whip, you got your little, you know, Magnum revolver, mm-hmm. uh, dude. It's a freaking, it's a freaking Indiana what, Jones what, ass. What Indiana would you Jones say the hat is, Cap? Because I was thinking, I was like, it's not a cowboy hat. What is it? It's like an, is it a Cobra? Yeah. Is it an Aussie fucking Cobra? It's almost an Cobra, yeah. Like it's pretty, pretty close to an. It, it's basically an Cobra. Yeah, mm. it's basically an Cobra because it's definitely not a cowboy kind of. You know, the, the sides are turned up a little bit. It's definitely got the the Australian Cobra hat. Fedora. Slados is saying Fedora, but it's, mate, don't you don't you it's hit him? Don't you hit my boy Harrison? Harrison Ford, with Ford the fedora, is not mate. a fedora wearing. That's for sure. No yes. way, mate. He 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 he, mate. He does not have the neck beard at all. <laughs> uh, but yeah, look, uh, you can wish list it. It's coming out in 2024. Uh, looks sick. Really keen on that. I'm I'm actually surprised how keen I actually am. It's fucking ridiculous. I never thought I'd get this excited about another Indiana Jones experience <laughs> ever again, but I yeah. am. Yeah. So very very cool. Um. All right, Grizz. Now. We also got another trailer for uh, Senua's Saga, mm. uh, Hellblade yep. 2. Now, this game has been in development for what seems like an, an Aeon. I feel like we've been talking about this game for since this podcast came out and then we this have. game's also Long been time. coming out for even longer than that. So, mm. uh, yeah, look, the game is, is plugging along. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, look, if you've probably seen the trailers, if you're listening at home, you've probably seen uh, the, the Senua's Sacrifice no, Senua's Saga Hellblade 2. I mean, the, the title's just way too big. Sorry. Um, yeah. I'm just going to say um, Hellblade 2. Yeah. Uh, you've probably seen the earlier trailers that came out at the Game Awards a few years back, uh, and not much has really changed. They've shown you a little bit extra. It seems like they're really knuckling down on that no HUD uh, kind of hyper-realism, but also like that weird Nordic kind of uh, mysticism, very dark but then also yeah. kind of blending in this kind of internal uh, 
uh, struggle that Senya was going through with, um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of metaphors for mental health and all that kind of yep. shit going on. Yeah. Um, so, but it looks really nice. I'm getting big uh, God of War vibes from just the over-the-shoulder cam and how the environments kind of look, but obviously not as vibrant. It's it's very, it's, it's much dark more and gritty, isn't it? Yeah. Look, very much dark and gritty. One thing I'll say about the Hellblade games, I think <clears throat> they were kind of like a, I'd almost say, Cap, that in terms of a game that I've played, uh, the only thing that probably compares close in audio design for me was Returnal. But uh, I had a really good pair of headphones when I played number one, and the audio design in that game is insane. Like, it is, they have just paid so much attention to detail <clears throat> in terms of where things are coming from. The 3D audio is fantastic, but it's also the sound effects are really, they really get you going. And it was kind of like, I felt like, in, in the same way God of War was where it tells this great storytelling through video game media. Um, Hellblade kind of does that as well. So I've been yeah. had this on my radar for a while uh, and it's good to see it's finally got a release date, so 21st of May. Um, yeah. Did you play the original one, Grizz? I, I, I did end up playing it. Um, and yeah. did, did you finish did, it? No, nah, didn't finish it, no. Nah. But it was one of those things where I was like, you can tell that this is a, a beautiful bit of game production right there. Especially the yeah, especially yeah. the audio audio stuff. Like there's one particular fight where, and it's like one of, one of those things. Cap, we got to press certain buttons in when like oh, quick, quick time, time quick time quick time events. You have your headphones on, and this you're fighting this guy, and you're like in this little cave, and there's like smoke and stuff, so you can't see much. And he's coming out of different ways, very similar to the way God of War does in some of their combat. But the audio during those bits and pieces in your ears, it's like it it really does get you in that moment and your heart rate's pumping and she's breathing. And like you say, there's this whole thing about like mental health that kind of resonates through those games as well. And you can kind of feel that anxiety in the game as you're playing it. So they did a pretty good job. I think, I think it would be, uh, I think it'd be pretty cool, but also I do worry cat because it has been a long time in development and you know what it's like when you've got something that, you know, starts aging um, a little bit when you're not releasing your game in time. So we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll see. it's hard to keep it up to date, and I guess looking real schmicko with alongside other games that have released in a similar kind of well in a in a similar time window to yours that maybe weren't in in, in development as long. But uh, but hey, I mean ultimately, I mean this trailer it does look really schmick. It looks really nice, um, but I mean time will tell. Grizzly Gaming 86, we'll see. Mm. <clears throat> we shall see. All right, other games that were announced. Well, <clears throat> I don't know if this one has been announced um, or whether we already knew about it, <clears throat> but I, I didn't know about this one personally. Uh, it's called Ara History Untold, and it mm. basically looks just like a, a Civ game. Like it's pretty much almost exactly the same. You know, hexagonal tiles, you're doing turn-based kind of like civilization-style board gaming kind of shit. Uh, you know, you're trying to make fucking pyramids and stuff to out science and out religion your opponents and so this is yeah. the same dev as civ 5 cap that's what they oh, said oh is it really that. yeah okay yeah yeah and i believe okay. i don't know whether the civ games are based on actual history but from what i gleaned from that from from this game was that these are it is history uh, more like of a history lesson as you're playing through um so uh, it seems pretty cool. Uh, yeah, like a strategy, explore the world, build your civilization, and tell a story through events. Um, kind of though, kind of like in comparing to the Civ games, though, Cap. I don't really know how they work a whole lot, but the combat seemed Either. a little bit more like AOE to me, like Age of Empires combat. 
a little bit. Okay. We got units and stuff. So, I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. In all honesty, I'm, I've actually never played a Civ game in my life because I don't normally play RTS and strategy games at all. I mean, probably my yeah. only real claim to fame for any kind of RTS style game is having played probably Warcraft 3 um you know to death you know honestly when i was a young young tacker because yeah, uh, it. it was one of the only games i had on my computer but um yeah look i never really got into these games so i don't really know what really to to think of it but i mean it looks really nice i think the environments look really good and uh you know the scale at which you're looking at all these things happen and you're zoomed out from i mean the all of the models and stuff look wicked so it does look really nice and uh, it looks like they've got a lot a lot of cool uh systems and stuff kind of marrying together from you know the similar kind of civ games and stuff in terms of you know building out your uh you know your wonders or whatever they call them and, and kind of going from there but um but yeah if you're interested in a, in a cheeky strat game uh, it's probably well it's all these games that we're talking about from the um xbox direct coming to game pass so you won't even have to fucking buy right. this one if you've got Massive. game pass yeah wild all right now the final one grizz uh, from Mm. the xbox developers direct was visions of mana coming uh coming june to september we're not too sure when i think this is a uh, summer american summer period game or whatever uh but anyway so continuing the kind of uh of mana series uh you know oh you know my 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 personal one was uh i remember on the Super Nintendo uh, entertainment yep. system. Mm-hmm. Uh, what Secret was it? Um, Secret, Secret of Mana. Yeah. I'm yeah. the same as you. That's the I only remember. one I played, Cat. Yeah. What do you yeah. remember about it? Was it? Just out of curiosity. What are you what's the what's the little bits that you remember? I remember in the village, in the opening moments of the game, you fall into a like a earthquake and then yeah. you fall into like the plight praying mantises like hideout and then uh also another game that i was fucking terrified as a as as a child uh (laughs) you know like just oh my god there's this massive freaking prey mantis boss in here what's this thing doing in here uh but it was just i I didn't have another game quite like it in terms Mm. of its approach to rpg and combat and stuff it was quite different for me to wrap my head around as a kid because I don't know. I was used to like the Mario games and, uh, you know, used to like Mario Karts and stuff like that. Was it real-time combat in that game, Cap? It was a blend. It was a blend of real-time with uh, kind of you using skills and stuff. And I didn't, you know, again, I was a bit young, so I didn't quite understand it very well. But um, but looking back on it, it was such a cool game. Uh, And I wish I kind of managed to push it a little bit further but i think also you know my ability to kind of get far in video games at that age was also a little bit impaired but um mm-hmm. but yeah mm-hmm. so that's that's my early memories and you, you you obviously had a similar kind of memory chris yeah similar memories you know it's interesting the things that stand out to me most now is actually the soundtracks of these games yeah. so when i think of yeah, like chrono trigger and metroid and stuff like that it's usually the soundtracks and um secret of matter had a amazing soundtrack um i could still I was playing, actually, if you go back and watch the VOD, I was actually playing a Secret of Mana um, uh, cover uh, at the start of the stream tonight. Still listen to that yep. stuff to this day, like, you know, retro covers. But, yeah, it was a great game. I remember you had, like, it kind of weird because you had a party of people that you could swap between who you were controlling, I think, and have different yep. attacks and you would approach the game uh, almost like um, 
not roguelike. I'm looking for uh, Metroidvania where you'd need different things to pr- like get through different areas and stuff. So yeah, um, yeah. Now, now yeah, this game which we're cool talking game. about, Cap, which is uh, Visions of Mana, seems to be uh, a lot more 3D-ish. It actually gives me vibes of some of the Pokemon games in terms of the art style and the and the way you kind of yeah. look, um, but with combat. So. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting cool. big Dragon Quest vibes as well, uh, but uh, but ultimately it, it it definitely looks a lot like a uh, of mana kind of game. It does. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Looks really kind of uh, I don't know, like I guess just kind of simplistic a little bit. Um, mm. uh, I mean, time will tell what kind of game it plays like, but you know, it, it looks really nice. You know, you can you, you can get a mount and you're kind of running through an open world kind of. Uh, Trials of Mana style kind of environment, and you're fighting very similar enemies and stuff. And uh, but yeah, looks um, they've they've obviously released a big kind of developer um, chat where they're talking about the design and elements of the of this new game. But uh, but yeah, I'm definitely getting big Dragon Quest vibes. So that's kind of if you're sort mm. of wondering at home what this game kind of looks like, it's kind of yeah similar to the, the more uh, kind of 3D later titles of the Dragon Quest series, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, so there you go. Now, Grizz, that was the Xbox developers direct. All in all, Cap, I yeah, thought it was pretty good. I thought they did a pretty good job. A few, few nice little snippets yeah. there. Yeah, a couple of I good games for 2024. 100%. I think Avowed left a little bit to be desired. Yeah, uh, Indiana true. Jones, holy yep. shit. I mean, again, I was just taken away by the fact that that game looks so good. Uh, so very keen on that one, and I mean, obviously the other ones we've spoken about looked really good as well. So yeah, nice, nice little, nice little kind of morsel to you know wrap your teeth around. So it's mm-hmm, good. Mm-hmm. Now Grizz, not developer direct related, but mm. related to something that happened during the week that uh, piqued the ears of Elden Ring aficionados, such as yourself and I. Again, uh, Cap, again, two weeks again. in a row now, mate. Yeah. Yep, two weeks in a row we've been talking about this, which is rare in recent weeks. Uh, but so what happened, Grizz, was uh, on Steam there was a Elden Ring DLC package that was added to the Elden Ring files. Now, the way people find this is through they they look at the back-end API calls and stuff between Steam and where it collects its sort of downloadable packages and stuff so they can read what's kind of going in and out. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. They also uh, they also use, uh, like, you know, they use um, data mining and stuff like that. And so what they found was this DLC package called SteamDB Unknown App 277858. Very ominous. Added yes. It was the first downloadable content thing that has been added to Elden Ring since the last one, which was the uh, EU pre-purchase DLC bundle two years ago. There you go. That would have been when the game came out. So, uh, look, it's not solid 100%, you know, but a boy can hope, Grizz. A boy can hope. He can. Uh, All the stars so, are aligning, Capo. Indeed. Drop it on us, In response, sure. I have downloaded uh, Elden Ring on my Steam Deck and I might what? give it a bit of a crack here and How there. does it run? Yeah. Run all right? I haven't tried it yet, but apparently it's pretty good. Apparently, okay. um, you know, just you know, you just do your usual kind of drop the graphics down a little bit and um, and set the resolution and it's not too bad at all. It's Dude, got a, got does a it gold sync? star. Does it sync to your Steam? 
Yeah. Yeah, it should do cloud save. Yep. Ooh. So you should be able to play it between both. I'm, I'm thinking I'll just like I'll just slowly work my way through the opening areas and stuff on a mage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then once the new stuff comes out, I'll kind of slowly make my way to it. So, well, uh, Cap, yeah. this podcast is going to be a Elden Ring centric podcast again very soon, mate. I'm sure. Yet again. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Bring it back. Um, but yeah, so there you go, Grizzo. Uh, and that was our quest log. Well done, mate. Oi. A few XP points to you and me, mate. Well done. Yep. Divvy those in as you will equally. No, All right, yep. Grizz, I've got a question for you, mate. I want to know, how's your gaming been gone? <laughs> I'm going to disappoint you, Cap, because my gaming has not been going. Once again, real life has been kicking my ass. But I have been doing little bits of gaming, mainly on the Steam Deck, Cap. So I've been enjoying a bit of that. Um, I have been continuing my honor mode playthrough of Baldur's Gate 3. In fact, we theory crafted some classes and bits and pieces in stream, which was really fun. So um, I've, I've written those down. We're yet to decide which ones I'm going to pick up yet, but uh, it was definitely going to be min-maxing for that to try to get the golden dice in the Baldur's Gate 3 from beating honor yeah, mode without, without ripping. So uh, it should be keep your eyes on that. That's going to happen. Um, yeah. But look, Cap, I actually wanted to spend my how's your game and going getting your take on backpack battles because I have been playing a bit of that as well. I know that you mentioned that you had played it, you downloaded it. What did you think? What did you think of backpack battles? Yeah. Now, backpack battles is the one with the little mouse, isn't it? The little mouse. Uh... No, I'm playing a different one to you. I just <laughs> realized. What's the one I'm talking about? Yeah, you're backpack playing Hero or something. Is Backpack Hero good? Is Backpack Hero good? Yeah. It's a similar idea. I haven't played that yet, actually. Yeah, I actually I think Backpack that. Hero is the yeah, it is. Backpack Hero is the one that we were talking to with Adrian. Uh and he that's the one that he's played. Uh now Backpack Heroes is freaking awesome. Awesome, really, okay. really well put okay. together. Um, but yeah, like Ari J is saying in chat, similar concept but different genres. So um, mm-hmm. it's yeah, quite because good. Back, backpack battles, dude, is a PvP PVE game. Now, I implore you, Cap, at some point right. this week, go give it a go. It's free right now. It's a, it's classified as a demo. So if you if you can find time, right. mate, not on your Steam Deck though. I'm sorry, doesn't I don't think they offer it on Steam Deck yet, but. Uh, I would love to hear your opinion on it because I think when it's in full release, it's going to be it's going to be huge. It's going to be really good. Really okay. I'm kind of looking at it, and it kind of reminds me of like an old Flash game. Yeah, it it, it definitely uh, it's one of those. I think it's one of those games that until you play it, it's hard to know what to expect. So is the is the idea you set up your backpack? And just leave your character to go and fight something. Yeah, it's an idle thing, but it really matters right. where you place stuff because the different bags do different things depending on what items are in them. And then with okay. the items, you can craft items by having them next to each other, but there's only certain recipes. So, for example, if you get a short brown sword and you put two um, of these uh, sharp stones next to them, then it will turn it into a better version of that sword. And then if you do that again with another couple of sharp stones, another version, and you can kind of like build these things. The way it works is you start every round in a shop and the shop will generate random items and you've got, to, you've got money and you've got to buy stuff and drag it into your backpack. Uh, but you also have to fit it in the backpack and that depends on what bags you've purchased to fit the stuff yeah, in there. Size, yeah, what, what size, what orientation, what else you've got in there. Yeah, you've got to like, yeah. kind of like shift stuff around to make that work. And then 
The idea is that you are battling against other people's backpacks that they have prepared as well. So it's kind of like a, a PvP, PvE kind of thing. Um, yeah, sick. It's just cool. Yeah, it's okay. a cool concept. Anyway. Yeah. So, so Backpack Hero's got a similar kind of vibe, but it's not idle. So what you do is you're kind of moving along um, in like uh, – it's almost like a, a similar kind of structure to – uh, what's it called? Slay the Spire. You kind of got a map that you're moving through. You know what's on the map, um, and you're kind of coming across battles and stuff. Uh, and then you're putting stuff into your backpack as you win battles, and they drop items, or you open up treasure chests, etc. You buy stuff at the shop, uh, hmm. and then those items you do place them in your backpack. You can expand your backpack once you reach certain levels, okay. uh, uh, and that is kind of done in a run. So you'll kind of start with a fresh backpack. You will level up during your run because it's like a roguelike kind of structure. And then you're expanding the slots in your bag over that run and then building your backpack Mm -hmm. and synergizing different items that you're finding. Now, the way that it works is the items you have in your bag, you click in battle to do things and that you have like energy so you can spend that energy on the items you have in your bag and so so you actually yeah so it's not idle you actually have to use the stuff depending on what you want to do okay well i think you'd really like it because it it kind of sings to your love for roguelites and it's a real cracker like it's a really good one so you you i definitely think you get a real good kick out of it so it's worth worth a check as well so i'll trade you mate trade your backpack hero for backpack battles challenge you play Backpack Battles, I'll play Backpack Hero before next week and we'll have a chat about them. All right. Sounds good. Let's do that. Now, Kat, uh, how's, you, how's, your game, how's, your, how's your game going, mate? What have you been playing? Really good, mate. So I've been, I mean, obviously playing Power World. I only have, I've only had about an hour and a half of that game, but I'm enjoying it so far. Um, yeah, stay tuned for Cap's next big kind of, you know, uh, yep. powwow about that one. Um, also been continuing to play Yakuza Like a Dragon. Um, that game is great. Really, really enjoying it. Just bizarre um, storyline, uh, but still sort of still um, rooted in some degree of reality. Um, but just funny shit going on all the time and just in that kind of um, classic kind of Japanese, just bizarre, hilarious kind of comedy. It's just it's great. So I'm really enjoying that kind of JRPG um, approach to the Yakuza series, really, really good fun. So, um, and now another game that I played a little while ago, but I forgot to bring up, Grizz, is a game called mm. Against the Storm, which is actually, you know, how I said I don't really play RTS games. Yeah. Guess what? That is an RTS game. Mm. Well, I mean, it's more of a strategy management kind of game. I guess it's probably better, okay. a better way of calling it. Looks it, like the old like. Very much looks like StarCraft and Warcraft 3 from the top-down perspective that I'm looking at. Got those old Warcraft kind of 3, StarCraft kind of um, visual aesthetics. Uh, But, yeah, really, really cool game. The whole idea is you kind of – you go – you do it – it's like a roguelite. You're working for the queen and uh, she wants you to go and make these settlements and you've got to try and juggle – building a settlement and keeping the queen happy with getting the settlement up and running quick enough, but then also juggling, uh, you know, like the, uh, I guess the happiness meter of your subjects that you're 
drawing into your area and, and setting them to work and tasks. So, you know, there's little synergies like, you know, humans work best on fields and the beaver people work best in the <laughs> lumber yards. And so you're trying to trying to meet those demands and, you know, build them houses and stuff like that. But then those little areas that you're going to go and colonize, uh, they, you know, you're kind of chopping logs in these like thicket kind of areas and opening up these little like misty zones that have little events and stuff that go on there and you're uncovering those and it might be a curse that you've now got to suddenly deal with or it might be an enemy that's going to lay waste to your area. So, um, but it's a really, really good fun. There's kind of the roguelite, uh, uh, you know, I guess, uh, you know, persistent, uh, upgrades and stuff that happen between you building new settlements. Uh, but it's also, yeah, again, got that kind of new run kind of feel. So you, you finish a settlement or you fail building a settlement, then you go and start a new one and start Dang, again. That sounds so, cool, man. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. 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 It's really good. So worth a crack if you're looking for something in that kind of ilk. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, really freaking rad game. So yeah. All right, Grizz. You know what time it is, baby. Rapid it's time for the Rapid Five News. It's in the freaking game, Grizzly Gaming 86, as is is your name. Uh, Mm -hmm. Now, starting at the top here, Grizzo, T-Pain, our good friend T-Pain. He's in GTA 6, confirmed. (laughs) Of course he is. Is he doing voice acting in a two cap or what, mate? Is that what's happening? Well, I think that's the idea. So I think think, think the reason – well, so okay. So let me preface this with – so T Pain has been doing GTA Five role play. He actually, you know, T Pain does a lot of streaming these days, and uh, has been operating on the No Pixel GTA role play um, mm. servers. Now, recently, people noticed that T Pain's character was removed from No Pixel, and he'd stopped playing um, the role play, and he was queried about this, and he basically said. Uh, yeah, basically, Rockstar told me <laughs> not to role play anymore because I'm in the game now. And he was like, "What the fuck? This is shit! Like, why? Why? Why not?" And then um, they had apparently had this speech that they basically said, "What if someone took your album and re-recorded it, and more people were listening to that?" Mm. Which is a really interesting take because I just don't ever see that happening ever. Like, you know, GTA Six is going to sell. Out of control, regardless yep. of whether it's good or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, weird take, uh, but basically what they're trying to get at is like we don't want you to. I think like uh, what's the word? Um, I don't know. They just don't want him doing shit whilst they they want to preserve the the T painness for themselves, not have it exactly. elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, mm. they don't water water down the T Pain in their game, right? So, what are your thoughts on having T Pain in uh, GTA Six Cap? Is this a draw card for you, mate, or what? <laughs> oh man, I, I, do you know what? Like, and we've I've kind of spoken about this. You know, I, we had Jim on the show when we we're talking about GTA Six, and you weren't here, but yep. I just don't give a shit about GTA games at all. I'm the I same as you, dude. Less. Give me the top down back in the fucking day, mate, and I'll play those. But yeah. You know. Yeah, the original. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. don't know, mate. It's just not my thing. Uh, no. So, don't know. I, I definitely can't say this is a draw card for me. In fact, uh, you know, I've got nothing against T-Pain. In fact, the other day he put out a fucking amazing um, 
uh, what was it? He did a War Pigs cover by oh, Black did Sabbath. He? Okay. Yeah. And it was out of control good. Like he's got a phenomenal voice. Mm. Uh, I think it was War Pigs anyway. It's one of those. Uh, so I've got nothing against the guy. He's a fucking legend. I just don't give a shit about GTA 6. <laughs> no. You know? So, right. anyway. Well, there you go, Cap. Neither do I. Uh, trademark Tussle Cap. Um, in a striking clash of gaming titans, Remedy Entertainment finds itself locked in a legal showdown with Take-Two Interactive over a contentious logo design. Central to the dispute is Take-Two's claim that Remedy's logo bears an uncanny resemblance to Rockstar, Rockstar Games' iconic R. Now, I don't know whether this has been updated since you posted this in here, Cap, but apparently there has been an update on this story. Um, they there, there was a response to Eurogamer saying that a Remedy rep confirmed that the trademark dispute is resolved and there is nothing to see here. Both companies are working together amicably. Uh, no one is effect, uh, has not affected their relationship moving forward. Uh, both Remedy and Take-Two initially declined to comment when Polygon reached out. So it sounds like they've sorted that out, but... They are pretty similar, Cap. The Remedy R and the Rockstar R are almost identical, apart from the star. So, Yeah, they're very, very close, so I can understand why. I mean, who, who filed it? Was it Rockstar filed it? I can't I think even so. remember. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, also, you know, Rockstar being a fairly big company, so, you know, you got to be careful. Uh, yep. But, yeah, so, yeah. Now, Grizz, uh, do you ever play the original Frostpunk? Was that... Uh, uh, no, but I've watched a couple of streamers play it. Um, but I have heard we've got some news on the second one, Cap Dewey. Tell me about it, We mate. do indeed. We do indeed, my friend. So uh, you can now add it to your wish list. Uh, we got a recent official gameplay trailer. Uh, looks very frost punky. Uh, yeah, just looks looks like a really nice looking kind of game. You know that whole kind of you know Arctic kind of you know resistance uh, strategy game. You'd be sort of trying to fight to survive in a in an Arctic tundra, uh, mm-hmm. but then you're kind of routing all this power and and heat. But then you're also dealing with um, internal politics and conflicts, and yeah. you know the the uh, but you're voting for like. Policy and stuff in have this you, one it looks have you really played cool. It? Have you played it, Cap? Because I think on paper and the visual aesthetics of it look fucking really cool. And I like the whole idea yeah. where you got to build like heaters and stuff to keep the cold out, and you can see it like encroaching on on your town yeah. and the stress that that brings to everyone and everything else. I actually think the idea of it's awesome. But I don't know when I watched some of the gameplay, it seemed like there was just too much involved in. It seemed like more stressful trying to manage everything that was happening at one time. And it was, uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I hope number two uh, draws me a little bit more. But, yeah, cool. I think it's uh, pretty well uh, received, the first Frostpunk, I, I Oh, imagine. big time. Yeah, no, I think a lot of people really enjoyed the first Frostpunk. Um, so, yeah, so the, the next one looks pretty good as well. So probably a lot of people pretty wow. keen. Uh, and it's also yeah. going to be available day one on Game Pass in the first half of 2024. So there you Ooh. go. Okay, Pretty this cool. bit of news is uh, one for Straight Jacket Jim in chat because I know Jim loves this game, but an update on Rock Band. <clears throat> After eight years of weekly Rock Band 4 DLC releases, we're here to let you know that January 25th will be the last DLC release for Rock Band. Uh, all of the live service will continue as normal, including rival seasons, online play, and everything else. But that is it. That is it for Rock Band for now, Cap, and the DLCs. End of an era, mate. 
I think um, someone made a comment that uh, apparently they've been doing weekly updates for 17 years between Rock Band and Rock, Rock Band 1 and 4, which is wild. I mean, some of it is re-release of old content and stuff, but you cannot knock them for, mm. you know, that run. That is a phenomenal effort. 17 years of weekly update songs, like that's, I mean, there's not many companies that do that amount of um, dedication to their, you know, players. It's crazy. I was actually talking to Jim about Rock Band and he was telling me that, like, he broke the cymbals on his Rock Band drum kit. Oh, really? Had to, like, hardwire in actual proper acoustic drum cymbals and you can actually make them to work. He, like, stripped some of the wires out and re-put them in there. So Far it's, out. Um, <laughs> That's sick. Yeah. Well done, Jim. Good game. Yeah. I'd love now, to Jim's play it. Not but quite he was continuous. T- they had a couple of years break between three and four but i mean that's i mean a couple of years in 17 that's pretty good (laughs) even so so well fucking done um all right grizz smite you smite smite enjoyer yeah one of those people i actually really i I still don't know why i stopped playing smite because i quite enjoyed it for a moba i think the servers were garbage for Australians yeah, from memory they were, they were, uh, yeah. because I, I remember really liking Smite as well because that whole kind of like over the shoulder like MOBA thing was just sick. I loved it. It was cool. Uh, yeah. 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 But the servers were just not Australian friendly. Anyways, maybe about to change with uh, Smite 2 coming soon. They've released a trailer uh, and it looks pretty, uh, I don't know what's it look like. Grizz it just looks like. I'm a, just looking at it. It's got like, the same heroes. Got Loki plus a bunch yeah. of other ones in there. It's kind of a base. Is it Greek mythology cap as well? Is that what it's based on? I is think it? they blend all mythologies. So there's like, yeah. you know, there's okay. like Nordic, you know, Nordic uh, gods just, and yeah, you know Egyptian, Egyptian gods and oh, so dude. They, they, there is a blend of all. It looks so. super nice. Wow! Holy shit! Yeah. Yeah, it does okay. look really, really good. Um, like the visuals are quite gorgeous and, you know, the spell effects and stuff that you're doing and uh, skill shots and stuff. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, definitely an upgrade on the original Smite uh, kind of engine. Uh, so it looks quite good. Hopefully we get some good freaking yeah. servers, mate. Dude, if this comes shit. out, we've got to give this a go. Because uh, Smite's yeah. free to play as well, so... It could be, Dude, we can, could be we can both play on our Steam decks in bed. Oh, fuck, yeah. We'll be so shit, but yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you go. Pretty cool. Uh, man, I didn't have the next one up. I was too excited about Smite. Uh, okay, Bethesda <laughs> uh, releases a huge Starfield uh, update into Steam beta that contains over 100 fixes and improvements. But the game, according to Captain Perth, is still fucking boring. They didn't fix that, apparently, <laughs> Cap, in the patch. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's a direct comment from their patch notes, mate. <laughs> is it? Right. Sorry. Okay. That was not a Captain yeah. Perth quote. Yeah, that's from the patch notes. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Sorry, guys. We couldn't, we couldn't make the game any good, but um, we've fixed a lot of bugs. So mm. enjoy that. But, yeah, so there you go. Look forward to that. Now, Grizz. Cap, I just want to say something real quick. Infinite. I feel like 100 fixes is not that many. Dude, well, do you know what? I do think it's a fair bit, but what I will say is that we have been very, very spoiled by Baldur's Gate 3's approach to patches where they go, we've made a billion fixes and we've also added all this extra fucking content. So, like, I feel like I'm definitely, I definitely thought the exact same thing, but then I was like, you know what? It's probably a fairly realistic amount of bugs to fix. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, I don't know how big those bugs were. So, 
you know, who knows? Now, Bethesda Grizz, makes like more bugs dragon. before they release it, Caps, so that they can write those patch notes. And well, normally they get the modders to fix the bugs for them. So <laughs> yes. it's a very, very unique approach for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, no mod support as far as – well, I don't, maybe there is. I don't know for that for sure. But um, anyway, so right, enough about Jeff. Starfield. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. Uh, like a Dragon Infinite Wealth has been Steam Deck verified. That's the new Like a Dragon Yakuza game. Uh, the one you're playing, the, Cap. Uh, It's the next one after the one I'm playing. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So it'll be coming out soon, if not out. Mm, yeah, I can't remember the exact date, but that's coming out soon. So cool. get ready to play it on your deck. And I'll tell you what, Like a Dragon... Uh, What's it called? Uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon, uh, or whatever the first one is called. Uh, it, it, it runs schmick on a Steam Deck. Even, you know, it just looks really good. So, very stoked about that. So, Cap, this is pretty crazy. So, a year after being branded a flop, Mario Rabbit's sequel is steadily selling. When they say steadily selling, Cap, it has sold nearly 3 million copies. That seems like a lot. Yeah, Rabbids. so... I think in comparison, the first Mario Rabbids game sold a fair bit more. So I think it sold about 10 million-ish copies. Right, okay. Uh, so it's kind of undersold ultimately. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's a million, lot of things. Right. Yeah, 10 million players. Yeah. Mm. yeah, so I think it just underperformed. Obviously, they were kind of expecting similar numbers and didn't quite get there. Uh, I think some issues, uh, just people probably aren't playing the Switch as much because the the console is just fucking old. Uh, yeah. And I guess ultimately, yeah, I, I think the timing was just maybe a little bit off. Uh, the, the CEO um, mentioned that they thought probably what would have been smarter would, would have been to stagger the release to coincide with whenever the Switch 2 released, which they were probably right. Uh, that would have been a good time to release your game, uh, especially if it's coming out soonish. Because I think they released this last year, so if they held out another year, you know, they maybe might have been able mm-hmm. to, um, you know, kind of make a better go of that. But anyways, who knows? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Chris. Uh, Golden Sun and Golden Sun: The Lost Age for Game Boy Advance are now available on the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pack. Ooh, Pretty hot day. exciting! Some good games on there now, Cap. Yeah. Um, Cap, Yoshi P. We love Yoshi P. Um, according to Yoshi P, Final Fantasy 16 was initially uh, developed for PS4. Uh, he wanted no loading with high quality graphics in the Final Fantasy series as it's known for. Um, trying to make no loading on the PS4, they found the graphics dropped below uh, Final Fantasy 15 levels. So he decided to make it a PS5 only in the middle of development. Pretty crazy. Good on it. Yeah. So pretty wild. Um, I think very, very good decision because that game is like the graphic fidelity is nuts. Yeah. Uh, and to lose that would be a real like rough one, I think, for that game, which, you know, already was kind of rough around the gameplay edges, um, you know, really good everywhere else. But yeah. Otherwise, great job, Yoshi P, you bloody legend. Um, the job. Yep. Well, anyways, Grizz, I think uh, I think that'll do it for us, mate. I think we've done a pretty good job tonight. I think we can uh, take the rest of the night off. Beautiful. Nailed yeah. it. 
Well done, mate. Um, look, big thanks to all of our wonderful listeners and viewers watching live. You can do so too if you'd like to by going to twitch.tv slash Oceanic Gaming Radio. Or if you want to listen to this podcast in your own time, just go to your favorite podcast platform, type in Oceanic Gaming Radio, and you'll find us. Uh, other than that, all of our other wonderful links are on our website, ogr.show. You'll find a link to our Twitter where you can go and vote in polls. There'll probably be one next week. Uh, we haven't had one for the last couple of weeks, but, you know, don't worry about it. Uh, and our Discord, if you want to come and join the conversation, you want to talk to us personally, you can do so there. Pretty cool. Um, other than that, you can also become a patron by going to the same link and looking for the Patreon link or going to patreon.com slash show and join all the other wonderful people that are solely funding our obsession with becoming TikTok famous. Pretty cool. It's going to happen. So there you go. Yep. It's not far off. Not far off. Um, all right, Grizz, I've also got a thing here that says OGR starting on my soundboard. So I'm just going to click it to see what it does. Oh, that is definitely the one. I've got it apparently. Yeah. So Hit I it. don't know how well that sounds in post. So we'll see how it goes. But anyways, uh, thanks for being here. Appreciate you guys immensely. And we'll see you guys next time on the Oceanic Gaming Radio podcast. Peace out.